Thank you for joining us on our fourth episode of Chats with Black-Owned Businesses. This is Vidith, your host. Today, we talk to Crystal Lexima, the Black female owner of Bridges Behavioral Therapy and soon-to-be mom of two. With a diverse team, including Black and Hispanic working professionals, Bridges Behavioral Therapy collaborates with families, teachers, and other clinicians to ensure and encourage children with autism and related disabilities to exceed their fullest potential. We discuss with Crystal what sparked the idea of entrepreneurship for her and how mentorship and outsourcing plays a vital role in scaling her business up. Through her ownership of Bridges Behavioral Therapy, she's been able to employ board certified behavior analysts and registered behavior technicians of color. She is creating jobs and mentorship opportunities that will hopefully inspire working professionals of color to do the same. Um, thank you so much, Crystal, for doing this um, interview with us. You guys, she's an amazing mom, amazing girl boss, entrepreneur. <laughs> Go ahead and reintroduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your business, how long you've been in business for. I'm Crystal Lexima, um, and I am a mom. <laughs> I have a very busy three-year-old toddler, um, and I'm also eight months pregnant, um, due September 25th. So, whew, exciting. <laughs> right around the corner. Yeah, right around the corner. Um, so, I am a business owner. I started Bridges Behavioral Therapy formally last May. Um, I took that jump last January, but I took about five minutes to kind of gather everything together and organize and plan, strategize. So May 15th, I want to say it was, was the first day that I'd started my first client. So since then, it's been quite a roller coaster because as you know, coronavirus came and hit hard this year. Yes. Uh, and so our field, we work with children who are developmentally delayed. More specifically, I work with kids on the autism spectrum with fragile X syndrome, Down syndrome, um, cerebral palsy. So even some kids who are just speech delayed. Mm -hmm. um, so being in this field requires us to be face-to-face -face and provide our service direct. And so with coronavirus, we did close for about three months this year, um, just trying to get everything on track. And, you know, we're in South Florida, which is apparently now the new epicenter. Um, so <laughs> just trying to roll with the punches um, that the universe is throwing our way. But it's definitely been a fun journey and I'm excited to talk more about it with you. Awesome. And are you guys going to be starting to see any more clients in the near future? Or are you going to try to do anything virtual? So we do both. We reopened in nice. July and we closed for all of March, April and uh, May. Mm -hmm. And then in June, we were kind of just like playing it by ear. Um, but we opened mid-June. How did you get started in starting your business? Yeah, of course. I did not want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> Um, at no point in my career did I ever say like, you know what, I am going to take this to the next level and I'm going to own my own business. Um, there were, okay, so backtrack a little bit. So with my field, um, to become, I'm a, I'm a board certified behavior analyst. And, um, what we do is we create behavioral programs for the children of the population that I was discussing earlier, um, to increase skills so we work on like home life daily living skills um communication imitation goals and you name it all while trying to decrease some of the more problematic behaviors so any type of behavior that can impede their their ability to learn mm. uh, so that could be the more stereotypical of like you know the hand flapping that you think of when you think of autism 
Um, it could be, you know, kids like spinning around in circles. So with me, I went back, I did my master's. I, I went to UCF in Orlando for um, speech disorders. And that was my bachelor's degree. And then I moved back home to South Florida, did my master's. And um, I'm working in the field all the while as a therapist. And I was loving it. And once I became an analyst, I became a director of a special needs clinic. Okay. And that was a lot of fun. I loved it. Like that was like, in my mind, that was like where I was going to stop, you yeah. know, like I was going to be a director of a special needs clinic and that was just going to be my nine to five. It was going to be a great job. I wouldn't have to worry about great benefits. And then my dad and my husband, who at the time was my boyfriend, were both just kind of in my ear. Like, you've got it. Like, you've got the personality. You should do it. Like, you're so young. Like, take advantage of your time now. I think um, my my dad would always say, take advantage of your energy. He <laughs> was like, you're young, um, you know, you can do this still in one ear, out the other. I was still working my nine to fives. And then finally, 2018, mm -hmm. husband was like, you're gonna do this. And I want you to put a time frame on when you're gonna do it. Nice. And he kind of like put me in the corner there and, <laughs> and I had to put a date. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it on this day. So we had agreed January, 2019. And that, from that point on, was kind of where we went with that. Wow, congratulations, the amazing that you actually went for it. Um, so how, how has it been being an entrepreneur and actually taking that big leap? <laughs> What's the change from being a nine to five? Like, what are some things that you wish you would have known before starting and some, you know, positive things of actually being a business owner? So honestly, I feel like my first advice to anybody who is going to take that leap from nine to five to business owner, um, is find a mentor. Find someone that you know who's done it before, um, field specific, because I realize that's the part that's really, really crucial to success is someone who is in your field, who's had to walk the exact step you're going to have to walk. Mm -hmm. Um, someone who's not afraid to share their resources, because mm -hmm. that's another thing with, um, entrepreneurship that I realized is that not everybody is open to sharing mm -hmm. their resources. Um, so that me having a mentor or me having previous bosses that were business owners that were willing to share their experiences with me, I feel like made that transition a little bit easier. Nice. So, um, I actually stayed working while opening up my company. Smart. So yeah, I did that for about six months where I was working, um, 35 hours a week. And then on the side is where I would do, uh, we're in an, a health field. So we have to kind of get in network with all of the major insurance companies and all that. So that takes time worked while that was all in process. Um, I did not hire anyone until this year. So this year was when I hired like my first staff. It was around February of this year. Okay. Um, so think about May of last year until February of this year, I did all of the direct service myself. So I worked with the clients directly. <laughs> I worked with the clients directly. I was also my own admin person. I had to figure out how to build the insurance companies. I had to figure out what went wrong if the claim was denied. Um, all while not being late to pick my kid up from daycare. <laughs> So there were times, you know, I'd pull up in the parking lot like 10 minutes before closing and I'm still in the parking lot because I'm like, this is 10 minutes that I could get a phone call in. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely an interesting transition, but I don't think that I would have been able to do it as fast and as smoothly as I did 
without having um, some type of mentorship. That's awesome. And that's honestly true. I think a lot of times, like, we forget the importance of, you know, mentorship and actually working in the field in general. Sometimes, like, we want to plunge right in and, you know, start a business. And that's not to deter anyone. But especially when it comes to something being um, field-specific, I don't see something being wrong with you actually having a nine to five within the industry right. you're looking to you know work in and honestly you said you had to do multiple things like admin mm-hmm. yeah. insurance like those are things that i feel like you it's it would be harder for you to do if you didn't right. have the experience of working for someone else within that same industry and still have that person there for you to reach yeah. out to say hey so i'm trying to do x y and z so how do i do it 100%. And you know, what's really funny is that I see a lot of times, um, we have a lot of Facebook groups for people in our field. And just yesterday, someone posted, hey, you know, I just became a BCBA and I wanna know how soon after did you guys become board certified, did you start your own business? Mm-hmm. Always trying to comment on these posts to let them know, like take your time. Things like this, you wanna be able to get your feet wet. You wanna be able to understand the field a little bit, build connections connections even with families like if you work at a place for four or five years and you've got families that you know are dedicated to you they're going to refer people so in four years when you start your own business they're going to say listen i worked with this person for three years um you know she helped my son do this this and this contact information so i feel like that's helped a lot too just like you said and if we can just back up a little bit i want you to be able to um just share a little bit about your childhood and what it was like, what did you see or didn't see that shaped your idea of building wealth and entrepreneurship? So you said you never thought that you would start a business. So what kind of, if you can give us a little bit about your background so we can actually be able to relate to that. Yeah, sure. So um, I am the product of Jamaican immigrants. So my parents came here from Jamaica. I was born here, but you know, being raised by immigrants in America is a very different experience. Um, and so for me, my vision of success and my vision of wealth mm-hmm. was always education, you know, mm-hmm. like always pushed, like you go to school, you get good grades, you know, Johnny and Sue and all these other kids are out there running the streets. You say you're behind inside, you know, studying and to get those. Yes. <laughs> um, and it was kind of like the outcome was to go to college. And even when it came to college, it was always you're going to choose from specific field like you're not going to go to school and then just come out with like some communications degree no knock on communications degrees but caribbean families are very big on like the health field you're going to be a nurse you're going to be a doctor yeah a lawyer um and so that was always my idea of how I was gonna get to be successful, which is why I say nine to five and being a director, that was like, that was my goal. Yeah, you made it. You did I made it. it. <laughs> I have my master's degree, you know, I specialize in autism. Like I, I have all of the credentials to back my name. And now I have a cushy office and I run a clinic. Like, this is great. <laughs> I got health insurance, got 401k, <laughs> but then, you know, like I said, my dad, even though he was so big on education, I think he was like, okay, well, you're 20, at the time, I think I was 26 and I had already been director um, for almost two years. And so my dad's like, all right, cool. So uh, what's the next step? <laughs> Like, I thought this was the last step. Like, this was all you ever wanted from me. But again, he kept pushing, you're young. 
you have the energy, you have the drive, like take advantage of your youth now so yes. that you can all the benefits when you're older. Hands down to him for actually pushing you to take that initiative because honestly, for us to like move forward to actually build wealth, it's not just with education um, that right. we're doing within the um, black community. Ownership is so, so, so important. You. And I feel like you actually own your own business. Now you have ownership in your skills, in your experience. Correct. And, you know what you bring to the table and you're creating a table yourself instead of yep. trying to fit in somebody else's table i think ownership too allows you to kind of tap into that generational wealth that's something that we as black americans we start late we've all started late in the game of generational wealth yes. um a lot of times you you know have friends who are from different backgrounds with different races and you hear like oh you know we're going to our our home in the mountains and you ask a question about this home in the mountains and it was their great great grandfather's home in the mountains. Yes. My great great grandfather was a slave on some cotton field. It's very different, you know? <laughs> so it's I feel like when you have ownership, you have just a little piece of something to pass on to the next generation. Yes. Even if I, if my children don't go into the help field and I don't end up mm -hmm. passing this on, I have two options. I can have them, you know, choose to still take ownership of it and they're just they just take like that ceo role mm -hmm. you know hire clinicians to do it or they have the option to sell and cash out you know exactly. like they, they, they can do something with this that i felt so exactly and i think that's also important too because mm -hmm. a lot of people they also think is my children going to actually be interested in what i'm doing this that and third and it's very important to think about that you can always right. you can always cash out yep. or just hold the business and or hold the business and hire some exactly hold the business yeah. and hire knows how to run it exactly um so what inspires you and your hustle Ooh, my lifestyle I like nice things <laughs> speak on it speak on it yeah i know i know i feel like the answer should have been my kids and my family and whatnot <laughs> no I like, the answer. I like your answer because the funny thing is i i know a lot of people that they're the same where they feel like you know it's their lifestyle that really fuels yeah. so speak on I it for us love to travel mm. Um, so traveling is something that I feel like, um, my husband is very big in history. Um, so he loves like historical facts and just kind of going to museums and spending hours lecturing us about every single picture and <laughs> sculpture and monuments. Um, but it's something we do together. I may not be listening hundred percent of the time, but it's something that we're doing together. No, but traveling is something that, you know, ever since we started dating, we mm -hmm. always tried to do. We tried to just, whether it were domestic trips here in the U.S., um, you know, just hopping over to Mexico or Jamaica. We really wanted to travel. And now that we've started a family, um, we've wanted to have our children in that experience. A lot of people think, you know, it's so difficult to travel with children and this. I mean, it's an extra step, but it's still something that's fun as a family. Yes. Um, we took our first like real family trip last year and we went to Europe and my son was two at the time yes. and it's so much fun i mean it was amazing like seeing him in different um in different cities i know when we went to um we went to paris and by like day two if someone gave him like his apple juice at a restaurant we would say what do you say and he'd say missy <laughs> it was cute you know like to see him up on the little on the language yes it was really cool. It was a very um, eye-opening experience for us. So I think that that is definitely something that pushes me is that I really want to continue to have those memories with my children um, and my husband. 
of just traveling wherever we can. Again, it could be domestic or it could be international, but I think that it's really important to be able to have that opportunity to travel together. Yeah, I honestly feel like traveling for Black people is, it's a must. It's sadly, it's crazy because honestly, when you think about certain things, it's normal for other cultures. It, but it is. For us, like everything we do is a political statement, but as far as like traveling, I think it's so important for other people to see us like people, women, families of color, yeah. to see us travel because one, it lets us know that there's there's a world outside of where you're from. For the longest, like being in South Florida, being in a black neighborhood, I could swear that all like all of America looked like this. Like you know, it's just you know a whole bunch of yeah. Hispanics, black people. Like we we're here, we're in this. Right. But no, you know what? I love that you mentioned that we as black people need to do it more because I find it so, um, I guess, eye-opening when we went to, where did we, we went to Rome. When we went to Rome, my husband and I went on our honeymoon and people were so shocked to see us. Mm -hmm. It was like their reaction to us there was mind-blowing. Like everybody would like stop, they'd look up, they'd look at us for a couple of seconds and they'd go back to their food or they, you know, like it, it was, it was very interesting to see. And I mean, we weren't, we were like one of few, you know, like mm -hmm. us black people there. I thought that was very interesting. But yeah, I feel like black people need to realize one, it's attainable, especially when you grow up lower income or even of just like parents of immigrants that are, you know, working that hustle. Yeah. Um, you think it's not attainable. You think you see people going on trips, you're in elementary, middle school, and you've got, you know, you've got white friends that are like, oh, you know, every week we go here, Lake Tahoe for the week or mm -hmm. wherever, every summer, I mean, um, or they have like spring break trips they take every year, just little things like that. So we grow up thinking like, oh my gosh, you have to really, really make it to be doing these yeah. types of things. But it, it's really attainable. It just, it's a, it's a matter of seeking. I was speaking to somebody about that and the uh, backhanded, I wouldn't even say a compliment, is that <laughs> he was just like, oh, so traveling is very affordable now. You know, found out that my husband's black and you know, this black family and he's just right. like, you guys travel. And he's just like, oh, traveling must be super affordable now. I'm oh my. And I, was like, <laughs> I was actually, I was just like, it actually is though. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's honestly, it's, it's important for you, it's important for the kids because it opens your mindset. It creates opportunities for, like new thoughts or new ways that you can, um, you know, better yourself, better your business and right. never know what will come from, from it's a trip. True. Yeah. And who would you like to thank for getting you to where you are today in your business? I would say my parents, obviously, um, my husband who like really is the one who like pushed me back against the wall. Like you're going to do this. You have potential do it now. Um, and um, I have an aunt that, um, antiquity, um, <laughs> growing up, whenever my mom kind of didn't have the cojones to tell me something or set me straight, she always called her to call me. Um, and so I just, uh, there's a lot of situations that I go through in life that I hear her voice. Um, so I guess I'd thank her too, you know, even in college, like I slipped up one semester, lost all my scholarships, everything. She came through, paid for my tuition that whole semester. Like, yeah, she really, she really helped out. Um, so I would also say her as well. That's what's up. Is there any tips that you have? Okay. Um, well, I didn't know anything about accounting. I didn't know anything about finances. Mm -hmm. any, um, and so one of my family members, my uncle, 
has a business, had a, has had a business for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, he referred me to his accountant. And so what she was saying, <laughs> because I was doing everything backwards, <laughs> I was, I had my bank, my business bank account, but I was really just like all the money was going to my personal account mm-hmm. and I was transferring it to my business as like a saving for my business kind of thing. Yes. So when tax season rolled around, it was a hot mess. <laughs> uh, but basically how she set me up was she was explaining the whole revenue, um, revenue, ver- revenue minus expenses or profits and your yes. only tax profits at the end of the year. Yes. Um, and so she, I didn't have a set pay role for myself. I didn't mm-hmm. pay myself. I still, till this day, don't really pay myself. Um, <laughs> but that's the life of a business owner, though. That's, that's life crazy. Of, and I think that's what people need to understand. That's the life of a business owner because, you know, going back to last year, so now that was my first t- business tax year. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, okay, well, we need your, your stuff, like your W-2. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I I'm a W-2, you know, for the first half of the year, I worked for somebody and I worked, you know, as a contractor. So I have my 1099 mm-hmm. and started seeing clients myself and all of the insurance was paying my business, my paying me because mm-hmm. I, I was a provider. So they were paying yeah. Mike and then I was just transferring all the money. And then if like, you know, we were ever short on a bill or something, I'd have to transfer it back to the mm-hmm. personal account. But she was explaining that you can't do that with a business. So I had to pretty much give myself a set number that I would give myself every pay period. Um, and then from there, she would tax me based off of that. But it was it was definitely a learning curve. The whole financial aspect of it was eye-opening. Like it was mind-blowing all the things I was doing incorrectly. Yeah, and honestly, that's the reason I wanted you to share that with us because honestly, a lot of times, there is so many things that we do wrong financially. Yeah. You have the big idea, you know what you're good at, but the finance side, like right. that, you didn't go to school for that, you didn't learn that. So, right. you know, having a professional, and if, even if you could speak on that, um, on how important it is to have a professional um, by your side. Super important. Um, we, as a culture, are very big on, you know, like who you know, who could give you that quick hookup real quick kind of thing. Um, and so a lot of times it works because mm-hmm. who you're who is very skilled and they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for years. Um, with this particular scenario for me, I didn't have anybody that I knew, um, specifically for businesses, mm-hmm. um, at the time, not anyone that I knew closely at least. Yeah. And so I turned to my husband's uncle who, um, was kind enough to give me like his contact information but she, they, they, that accounting firm took the time to teach me. Mm-hmm. So as they were doing my taxes and as they were asking for specific forms, they said, listen, you have to do it this way because A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it came time to growing my business, like having to play, you know, employment tax mm-hmm. and unemployment tax, <laughs> um, <laughs> all of these things that we're, we have to pay as a business owner, I wasn't prepared for mentally. Um, luckily again, I had been working simultaneously while building my business. So I was able to financially prepare for, in addition to my husband, actually, um, uh, he put aside a lump sum for us to start the business. So that was, that was definitely really helpful, um, Mm -hmm. as well. So we were able to kind of dibble and dabble in that lump sum of money that we had put aside for the business to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely I highly, highly recommend getting a professional and someone who specializes in businesses because mm-hmm. taxes are completely different. I mean, where I'm an LLC, but I know that in a lot of cases, you know, if you're a corporation, 
they can kind of tap into your personal funds. They can tap in, put a lien on your home. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things like that that I didn't know until I started and really started, you know, learning some more about it. Nice. And was she the one who kind of um, told you to become an LLC? Because I know you said um, first you was um, just a contractor. Yeah. So that I actually always knew. So in our field, um, they tell you that once you become board certified to just have an LLC on deck in case you choose to be a contractor because a contractor position is so common for us. Mm -hmm. uh, as a contractor, as you know, if you, you don't get, you don't pay tax, taxes aren't taken out of your check. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the year, you're responsible for paying your taxes or ideally you're already paying them quarterly. Mm -hmm. um, however, if you have an LLC, then you are able to do that whole revenue minus expenses. And then it's even better because when you're writing off your mileage, when you're writing off your tolls, when you're writing off all those things, it's a real write-off. As a 1099, just as an individual, mm -hmm. I experienced none of those write-offs put a dent in how much I owed. Like even yeah. when I was on, um, what's that tax? TurboTax. Even <laughs> when I would do TurboTax as like a contractor when I was like 23, 24, I would be putting in all the miles I drove, I would put in all the gas, all my oil changes, and that number on the right would not move. Like I still yeah. owe And I found out it's because I wasn't an LLC. Should I have been an LLC, then I would have been able to really reap the benefits of those tax write-offs. Thank you for sharing that with us. Because a lot of people, they get really scared to actually do that whole transition of becoming um, transitioning from contractor to a business owner oh right. I'm a business owner i'm not an entrepreneur but at the end of the day like this is how a lot of people are getting ahead is becoming you know an actual corporation a business it doesn't so much change the way you do certain things it just allows you to reap the benefits right. that businesses in the u.s get so the it very is important it really is important to actually try to incorporate or become a right. business as soon as and I'd love to give a quick example on that um, mm -hmm. with the recent um, situation with COVID, uh, COVID-19, mm -hmm. when doing the small business loan, um, my bank, my banking institution, Wells Fargo, actually sent me an application mm -hmm. um, in case I was interested in using it. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that on there, even if you were an individual, but mm -hmm. an LLC, there's a sole proprietor, you still qualified for that small business loan, which I yeah. thought was very interesting. So like that goes to show the opportunities that are out there because if you are an individual and you're just yourself and you're just a 1099 contractor versus a sole proprietorship where you can access a lot of these um, benefits it's a huge difference it's, it's a yes. Huge difference. yes that was one thing that we realized like as soon as like COVID hit all of this stuff was happening and everybody's wondering like you know have their own business or their contract right. what am I going to do where I'm going to get money from if you know this ends up kind of like messing with my with my finances it felt like we were already covered. Like our account yeah. put us right off bat with an email talking about, okay, this is all the things that exactly. apply to you as a small business. <laughs> and it's just like, yep. whoa. So it does benefit to be um, a business owner. Um, favorite memory as a business owner? All right. My favorite memory as a business owner. So I'd say, okay, so there was a time when, again, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And for like five, six months, I wasn't getting paid from one of the insurance companies for one of my clients. Mm. Um, I still saw them because, you know, ethics and I care for my families and I care for my kids. So I'm not going to interrupt services for that. Mm -hmm. um, but like the insurance company just kept denying. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. And so <laughs> that that's what prompted me to get a professional <laughs> to help me with billing. But I just remember the day 
that the check from the insurance company came in the mail. And my husband, I, I ran in the house. I was like, we got paid, baby. Because <laughs> I mean, it was like thousands of dollars that I was just like losing out on. And when that check came in, man, that was a great, a great moment. Like it, it was almost like it was reinforcement for me. It was yes. like Crystal should have been hired this woman to yes. do her craft. <laughs> That's what it was kind of like for me, but it was a great moment. Thank you for sharing that. We do not want to spend the money to pay professionals, but yep. don't understand what we're losing out. We're losing out yep. so much money. That was a thing that um, my, my mentor in this whole process taught me. Um, her name's Nicole and she had stepped out and done her own, her own business. And I was just so in awe of how fast everything came together. And mm -hmm. she, I will never forget one night she texted me and she said, and by the way, <laughs> just you need to outsource. Like, don't be shy. Don't be afraid to outsource. And so she gave me all her contacts for everything and said, just reach out to them. Mm -hmm. um, the billing specialist that I have is actually someone she gave me the information for. Nice. I'm very thankful. Very, very thankful. It hurts in the beginning. Mm. <laughs> you're paying monthly for like all of these things. Like, you know, like you're paying monthly for your phone and you're, you know, these days, I can't even believe insurance companies still require faxes, but no one has a fax machine. Mm -hmm. So like I pay for like a virtual fax machine thing. And wow. you know, it's all these little things that like, I just don't, didn't expect to pay and don't want to pay because I'm cheap when it comes to those things. Yeah. But I like the importance, you know, mm -hmm. like I practice software, uh, practice management software where it holds all of my clients information, all the documents that I sync to it. Um, it's where my therapists take data collection. It's literally my one-stop shop. And a lot of people are still doing things paper because they want to avoid having to spend a couple hundred dollars a month for something like that. Is there any um, business professionals that you're using that are um, of color? Business professionals that I use that are of color. I don't think there are any that are black, to be honest with you. The <laughs> practice management software, it was founded by a group of guys um, who I believe their background is Indian. Their family is from India. It's the um, okay. Yeah, right? Not black. <laughs> um, but that's the only one. I do have um, a neighbor that does taxes um, and she does, I want to say she does business tax as well, but we are actually, we're going to use her this year for our personal taxes. Okay, nice. Um, let, let us know how that goes out. Yeah, we'll use her. Are there any ways that you're thinking of maybe trying to use black business owners in the future? Um, oh my God, I would love to. Mm -hmm. I'm all for supporting black business. I would love to. Um, my field is so, it, it's not as large as other fields. So right now it's so, um, it's the scope is not wide in mm -hmm. terms of you can use um, I can maybe count on one hand the amount of practice management softwares that are out there um, for our field in particular but I would love to I mean I think the key is trying to go I mean now COVID but trying to go to a lot of black meetups nice that, that was our 2020 goal for both my husband and I were both business owners um, him in tech and me in the health field and so we really wanted to branch out um, after we saw an article, funny enough, we live in Palm Beach County and we saw an article about like young entrepreneurs in tech or something like that. And it came out here in like the Palm Beach Post or one of those local papers nice. and not a single person was of color, not even Spanish. And they were highlighting, I want to say like 10, 15 people in Palm Beach County and not a single person was black or Spanish. Wow. Um, 
that I thought was very interesting. So when that article came out late last year, my husband and I had said this year, we're gonna try to make it a point to go to some of these meetups because mm -hmm. in the article they were saying like, you know, this person attends this tech meetup and this person is the founder of this meetup. Mm -hmm. um, so we really wanted this year to be about that um, as well as mentorship. I yeah. think that it's really huge to go to inner city schools and um, boys and girls club, YMCA's that are in the inner city, just so that they could see a familiar face. They mm -hmm. can see someone, representation matters, and they can yes. see someone like them that's doing the things that they think they want to do or having the things that they think they want to have, um, just kind of speaking to them on a more personal level, letting them know that it's attainable, it's possible. Even if it's not being able to hire um, people of color, um, are you thinking about maybe even um, doing some type of mentorship opportunities for people of color within your business? Is there yeah. um, a place for yeah, that? I would, yeah, I would really love to do some type of mentorship um, program. Um, within my business i think that's really important like i said to have some type of representation i think growing up i didn't have that mm -hmm. um, i was in a lot of schools where i was a small percentage of black people um mm -hmm. i didn't have many black educators um so now even raising our own family i'm always telling my husband how important it is i would love to have a black principal at my kids school mm -hmm. i would love to have black teachers at my kids school um, because representation matters. So I would love to go into the community, um, even if it's just giving back and has nothing to do with the service that I offer. Yeah. I would still give back somehow um, and make a presence, whether it's you know financially, like donate to some of the black local black businesses or mm -hmm. you know, along those lines. Yeah, and I think honestly, um, the same way that you were able to learn from your mentor, even though she wasn't, but it doesn't matter where you get that mentorship, just being able to learn from somebody else, I think is super important. So even mm -hmm. if you just did like one or two mentorships, that yeah. is huge. That is huge because someone is seeing someone that looks like them, you know, start a business, successfully run a business and being able to have someone that they can confide in and find out, you know, just right. things that are super important um, for their growth and their the growth of their business. So I think even just being able to do that is huge in itself. You said that you guys are planning to scale up to grow. So if you can give us a little, from what point um, did you start having it grow, like acquiring more clients and what do you want in the future for your business? Yeah, of course. Um, so as you know, I started doing everything on my own direct. Um, at that time, I think I had a max of four clients that I was working with direct in addition to the six that I was seeing as a contractor with another company, um, which is not a heavy caseload um, in our field. It's just, it was just heavy because I was doing the direct for four of them <laughs> <laughs> and not kind of overseeing the case as you normally would. And then I want to say it was around the holidays last year that I started to get more clients that were interested. It was all word of mouth. Um, I didn't have a, a, a live website. I didn't have a Facebook page that was public. Um, I mean, I had those things on the back end, just waiting mm -hmm. to be, but I didn't, you know, announce them yet. Um, and so it was really just word of mouth to be completely honest with you. It wasn't until maybe two weeks ago, I put out my first marketing post. Nice. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've really done very well in terms of just kind of clients telling other clients. Um, I was able to grow and have, instead of it just being me myself doing everything, 
I am now at, oh gosh, I've got four therapists and two other analysts. Wow, congratulations, yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. So, yeah, so I've got two analysts, four therapists. Um, and so, you know, it's really cool to see how everything is just like a snowball effect. Like once things get going, they just get going. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very important to pace yourself. So that's one thing that I learned, not from a mentor, but just from working with other companies and kind of seeing how, when they grew and how how uh, things got out of hand, if you will, yeah. um, how quickly they got out of hand too. Um, so it was really important to me, even when I hired my first staff member, um, you know, she asked me like, what is your vision? Like, are you expanding? Like, are you trying to be like those companies that are international or like, and I said, you know what? I'm not there yet, <laughs> but my short term goal is I just want to perfect the craft mm -hmm. before, because I, like I said, that was one of the downsides to, um, a lot of the companies that I had worked for in the past, like they just saw how easy things got going, mm -hmm. um, did get going that they didn't put any type of limitations to things. They just let it kind of go crazy. Um, so that's just one thing, like when it comes to scaling that I'm trying to be better at, um, in terms of like, in comparison to what I saw out there in the field. And as far as with your employees, um, how are, how did you actually scale? That's crazy that you actually have, you have four, is it four therapists? Yep. So I've got four therapists. Um, and then I have two behavior analysts. So our field is very similar to like, you know, a physical therapist with a physical therapy assistant or like a nurse to the doctor kind of thing mm -hmm. or a nurse to a PA. Um, so the therapists go in and they do the direct service. So they're with the client sometimes 20 to 30 hours each week. Wow. where the therapist only goes in 20% of the time to supervise, mm -hmm. the, I mean, the analyst, sorry, goes in 20% of the time to supervise the therapist with the client. And when it comes to acquiring um, actual employees, how did you find these therapists that like, that? because it's really hard to kind of like share your baby with other people. Hires were people that I knew and trust. Nice. So um, I had one therapist that I had worked with at another company um, who didn't have the best experience. And I was able to see firsthand how she was, you know, unfairly treated. Mm -hmm. um, so around the holidays, I told her, hey, look, I'm gonna start looking to hire come January. Like if this is something you want, I got you because <laughs> I see what's going down. Um, and so, you know, she was like, yeah, I'd love to. She went on vacation with her family. She came back and she signed the paperwork so quick. <laughs> um, so it was nice to have someone that, you know, like that, like, again, I trusted, I worked with her, I saw her work ethic. Um, and even in the times when people, you know, were, were treating her unfairly, she kind of, kind of went along and did what she had to do professionally. So I appreciated that. Um, so I hired her and then another one was someone that I knew she was actually, um, a former teacher of my son's at daycare. Wow. Yeah. And so um, I just, I, again, I loved her work ethic and she was looking for something new. Um, and so I hired her. And so it was just us three stooges for a while there. <laughs> yep. And do you have any employees um, that are of color? I do. Yeah, 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 I do. So um, I don't know that I have any white employees. <laughs> Not that I, oh no, I do. I have one. I have one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have all, I have a, a great mix actually. Now that I think nice. About it. Okay, tell us about your team. Um, I've got black, Latina, 
um, and white, and then of course me, black. Um, but yes, we've got a really diverse group. I think that it's also very important to um, uh, show representation in our field because we work with a lot of clients that are black and Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's very welcoming for them when they get to see um, therapists come in or staff come in that represent their family. You know, it's, it's a very, a very uh, welcoming, calming feeling. Um, I've had feedback from parents where they're like, you know, so-and-so just feels like, like part of the family. Like we're both from Cuba or we're yeah. both from the States or we both speak Creole or, you know, like it's, it's a different feeling. Um, and because our field, we're required to be in the homes so much. I'm talking like, I've got kids that have us in their home for 35 hours a week. <laughs> like wow. we are basically part of the family. So I think it's really important to have representation even in that aspect. Right. Um, and even if we don't have representation, having that knowledge base, like teaching your staff about different cultures, teaching your staff about um, cultural norms, you know, just little things like that. Like if a parent is coming up to you to give you a hug and you're not really a huggy person, we'll just understand that where they come from is disrespectful. Mm -hmm. If they go in to give you a hug or a little cheek kiss or something like that and you're like, whoa, back up. <laughs> um, so yeah, even if it's not representation, just knowledge, information, being educated on the different cultures out there. Nice. Thank you so much. There was a lot of good takeaways from this episode. Here are some of the great takeaways from the episode. Number one, find a mentor who is field specific that has the time to pour into you and your career. The best mentorships are the ones where you establish and provide value for your mentor. Let's face it, if your potential mentor is successful, chances are the individual is extremely busy. You are one of the many people looking to benefit from that individual's time. So how can you help that individual make time out of their busy schedule to help you? Number two, take your time. It isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. You want to be well-equipped for this journey into entrepreneurship. Learn as much as you can, build great relationships with everyone around you, from your employers, cohorts, and clients. Number three, do not be afraid to spend the necessary funds to outsource working professionals. It will make you more money in the long run. So whatever it costs, spend it once your business is established and can afford to do so. Number four, through the guidance of a certified public accountant, incorporate your business to reap the tax benefits of being a business. Number five, always try to think of how you can incorporate other black owned businesses or services into the daily functions of your business. It can be as small as buying black owned cleaning supplies for your offices or as big as hiring a black certified public accountant. That's all folks, until next time.